Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro Try News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined by Mr. Mark Matthews and Pat Lemieux. Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I got on late. I'm sorry, boys. I've been knees deep in chores. I wrote a day off yesterday due to a hangover, which looking at you, Kyle, I'm going to guess is what you're plugging your way through right now because you look fucking terrible. It, it was a br- it was a fun day yesterday. <laughs> I went to uh, Party Town USA, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Partied with some Iowa State and Oklahoma State folk. Um, if, for those that don't know, I'm normally at the University of Oklahoma in Norman. So going up to kind of enemy territory and partying with some some people that actually know how to party and get down. And I had a great time. Uh, this is football, though, right? This is college yeah, football. Yeah, college football. So we started drinking about, I don't know, probably like... 11 and then we didn't stop drinking until one and we're like mcdonald's to end the night you know those kind of nights classic classic yeah and then all the ubers were canceling because we had like six people so we were trying to order an xl and then we just like slammed all of us into a small normal uber so the worst that pat still had less sleep than you did i know i sent my whoop score and it was like 30 percent, and i had like three variables that were like so high and so low, You're whatever. Such an age group triathlete, mate. I know. Worried oh, about know. the week's score. It's just everybody. You know, yeah. We started this whole thing. Kyle's like, let's let's try and you know figure out who's had the least sleep from the group. And I'm like, guys, why bother? I'm gonna win this for the <laughs> next year. I'm like, I've got you covered. Um, I have not been sleeping. Been waking up every two hours to change diapers, and, and it's fine. Um, but right before this pod, I do need to let everybody know that I, I text a very decorated run coach and I said, what's it going to take to get me in sub three, uh, marathon shape? I'm a massive, uh, I need a big, big personal goal and it's not, you know, running a fast 10 K. I want to do something that, that scares me. And I'm kind of still on a buzz from just, I didn't watch a New York city marathon, but I just watched it through social media and I want to do something that that absolutely frightens me and running a marathon absolutely frightens me. So, so, but you don't want to run, just run a marathon. You want to I run, don't a run a BQ. No, I want to, I want to do it. I mean, look, I, I used to be an okay athlete. I'd like to believe that, you know, if I tried really hard, I could still find Easy. some, some fitness deep in there. So I'd like to, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to run two fifty nine fifty nine. Yeah. four sixteen per K job done. Never have to do it again. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Easy, yeah. mate. Grief. That's it. That's, That's it. So, so you're, I thought yeah. you were, I thought you were basically Van der Poel these days, aren't you? Yeah, you, you sent a what? picture in the group text about you doing the cycle cross race. Shout out to my wife. Somehow she found a filter on Instagram that made me look uh remotely svelte and and so yeah. What she does is she does one filter, screenshots it, puts <laughs> it back on and uses a second filter. And then yeah. you get there with layers of filter eventually. You do some sorcery for sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what I think that's what's going on. I mean, I think Kyle, we we have a. I mean, this is a, compared to what we've been talking about. This is a light show. This is this is this is light. This is a light version of Pro Try News. So that's why we're talking about all of our hangovers and uh, ways to get rid of our dad bods and things like that. So there we go. How do we want to? How do we? What do we want to start with, Kyle? What do we got? Seventy point three Melbourne happened uh, yesterday, yesterday, day before yesterday. Um, and Ellie Salthouse used her run to power to victory. Um, we haven't seen her at the top step in a while, so um, it was awesome to see her kind of find a second gear and be able to get up on that top step. Uh, second place in that race, you had Amelia Watkinson chasing her down and Lottie Wilms kind of hanging on uh, to third place despite a charging Radka Koffel. So it did you guys like watch a, the race at all? N- no, but it looks like Amelia must have got off the bike with Ellie or there or thereabouts. So Ellie obviously did her on the run, which is always a satisfying way to win, isn't it? Getting a bit of a head-to-head under a belt and then running away with it. 
Um, Amelia Watkinson's, a, that's actually a very credible podium, right? For one of these, what we call them localized races, Ellie Salthouse, Amelia Watkinson, Lottie Wilms and Radka Carfelt, like, and Hannah Wells down there. Sarah Crowley was down in seventh. I mean, any other time of year, that's a solid 70.3, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I guess then, I was surprised. I, I was surprised that Amelia Watkinson didn't um, outrun Ellie Salthouse. I think with my was my observation and and my uh, takeaway. I guess I I thought she was a when they started running. I guess I just it was in my mind it was a foregone conclusion that that Amelia Watkinson was gonna was gonna run better than that. So uh, any surprises there or or am I is that I actually agree. Yeah, because I, if you just look at the men's results, right? Steve McKenna came in with a one hundred nine twenty two, which is hella fast, right? I mean, let's call it accurate. That's a crazy good run from Steve McKenna. So at, yep. at worst, it's an accurate run course. So with Ellie running a 121.28 and then Amelia a 123.16, I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure Amelia will be happy with that for her for her run. Yep. It's a fair observation, yep. yeah. Okay. I cool. think um, Amelia got in a bad wreck earlier this summer, and I think that she's just been like kind of battling back from that because she really hasn't raced since May. So um, she's been doing like some – like Laguna Fiquette, I believe she did, and then um, – some run races, but but as Steve McKenna on the men's side, like I said, it looks like he set off on the run with a few people, but a one hundred nine twenty two, mate, that'll do it any day of the week, almost anywhere in the world. Great run, and then a lad called Charlie Quinn in third, and uh, Nicholas Free, we've heard a little bit about recently. In sorry, in, in third, and Charlie Quinn was in second. Charlie, Charlie's starting to get himself um, make himself a name because. I mean, he got second place here, and then just before that, he won Noosa Triathlon a couple weeks back. So uh, the only thing that I would have as well, by the way, wasn't it? Like that was a good win, Noosa for him. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I would say was maybe on the live coverage a few times there was uh, a few times he was maybe four meters back from the next wheel, but four. I was gonna say two. (laughs) I was being generous. I was being generous. Oh really? I didn't watch this. Yeah, is it that bad? Those, yeah, I, we can put I mean, it up. We'll put it up are, on the, our page. The photos are bad. I mean, there's no disputing it. It's not okay. Wow. When yeah, Pat comes out with a non, Pat's normally pretty balanced, right down the line. Bit here, bit there, <laughs> foreshortening. When it's no disputed, it's blatant. <laughs> oh, that's damning. Okay. Anyway, yeah. fair. Interesting. It was very. It's pretty crazy that the Australians like. They all swim so good together. Like there was nine of them that came out in the pack together. They got on the bike at the same time. So, I mean, obviously you're going to get bunched up on the bike and things like that, but it's, it's pretty incredible that you have like such a dense field in Australia that you have nine guys getting out of the water together. So Australia has such a great swim heritage though, right? Like they're a tiny in proportion to the USA, but it's not long ago. You have to think back to, the days when Australia can almost rival the USA in swimming. Now I know it's long gone now, but Australia swimming is is, is a seriously big sport there. Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe more of moved to triathlon. But I think aquatics. Like I'm, I'm not surprised yeah. Australia is one of the strongest going. No, I mean you you see these you know clubs and and, and what you have to really picture and and being in Colorado, it's thinking of instead of it being downhill ski clubs on the weekends where it's hundreds of kids, it's hundreds of kids doing surf life-saving and they're yeah. swimming in the ocean. They're seven years old going in waves that most U S adults would be terrified. It's so cool, isn't it? And they're tiny it, as well, right? Yeah. So it's um, that's obviously that's where the, the champions are born and bred is from that system. And, and uh, yeah, I, I guess they have two, is it, it's fair to say that they've got, they actually have two streams of swimmers that get into the sport. Whereas the rest of us just have swimming. So Australia, you're either That's a swimmer right. or you're a surf That's lifeguard. Right. They kind of have two streams. Yeah, good point. I That's like right. that. Yep. Yep. And that's why it's called the Aussie exit. I know people correct me and say that's not true, but it's definitely true. Yeah. What's next, Carl? What else do we have? We had a World Cup actually in Chile. I don't believe we talked about it before the pod, but um, I text Chelsea and I'm like, what the heck? We have a World Cup this weekend. And it was a massive start list. There's roughly 63 men that did the race uh first place was david castro fajardo and then second place diego moya and third place jawad 
Abdullah from Morocco. So um, Abdullah has had an amazing season so far. I believe he's ranked in the top 10 in the points rankings. So a mega result here for him. We'll put him in a pretty good position for Abu Dhabi coming up in a few weeks. Um, and then on the women's side, you saw Sandra Daudet from France um, just barely hung on ahead of Gina Serena from the USA. Um, third place, Maria Carolina Velasquez Soto from Colombia. So It's easy to not be interested in these races, right? Because they're not names that we talk about often. But it wasn't it wasn't more than a year and a half ago that Beth Potter was winning these sort of races. Right. These people that transition across. This is where if you're a big triathlon nerd, you've got to go to to see your up-and-coming talent. And you only have to scroll down the, you know, the, the date of births on some of these as well. There's there's people in the top 10 from 2003, 2005. Like you've got kids racing these. Uh, so if you're not cutting your teeth, if you're not like an Alex Yee or a, a crazy talent that goes straight into World Cups, this is where they tend to cut their teeth. And it's where you see the big nations put their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh tier athlete. But it's also where the small nations go to qualify for their Olympic spots and their World Cup qualifying spots to work on their points. Can I go on like just a little bit of a of a dance uh, talking cool. about the importance of what I would call like these tier two races and maybe just something that I hear a lot about in, in athlete development? Please. Um, you know, so often we talk about or people here, uh, and this is in all endurance sports, really, they, they want to jump up to these bigger races to gain experience. I want to I want to go race a world championship to gain experience. Um, and unfortunately, what I see a lot of times in that is people get their teeth punched in and they don't learn yeah. anything. These what I, these these are tier two and tier three races on purpose. But the point of going to these races, if you're a developing athlete, is to learn how to win or learn how to extract the best from yourself. So I, I do, I want to piggyback with what you were saying, Mark, is these races are fantastic places to uh, identify talent that is learning how to win. So you're looking at athletes that are, you know, born in the 2000s, early 2000s that are going here and going, okay, well, they got seventh. This was a fantastic result for them. And they learned how to extract the best from themselves. And too often what we see some eager athletes and a lot of times inexperienced coaches do is they go, well, we should, we have a chance. There's an opening at a WTCS. We should just go do the biggest race possible and learn very learn. You very seldomly learn from just getting annihilated. So um, there's literally a, by Christian on the first boy, you turn up there at 18 years old, come up against Christian, go around the first boy, get your face kicked in and then dropped out of T1. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, there's huge, there's huge, um, importance still, even in these races, even though they're not the, the most premier on the calendar. So, yeah. So go on then, because we're super light on uh, races this week. Let's, let's do an age group segue. Is that worth taking on board for an age grouper because the amount of people and i get people that want to be coached etc that they want to do an ironman and they want to start on an ironman now it's not even because it's a bucket lip race they just think that's all that matters so they want to do an ironman is there something to be said for this that like the similarity of learning to cut your teeth do an olympic do a local sprint don't even need a 70.3 because they're still mega expensive, but learning how to basically race and all the, now these kids have already learned how to do transition, right? They've already learned their, nu their nutrition, but they are still learning the mechanics of racing. I think there's a good segue to be out there because so many people just want to jump in at the deep end. Yeah, obviously. And then the, the beauty of, you know, if you're, if you're doing a sprint or an Olympic distance non-draft race, right, you could do two, three, four of them in a month. You could pack yeah, it yeah, in yeah. and, and learn, in that way too. So absolutely. I think, uh, you want to look for those opportunities to rehearse winning and, and that's what sometimes people fail to do. And, and you see that in the pros too. Um, you can go yeah. to very, very high level professional races and see that professionals will put the wrong when they go to mount their bike, they'll take in when they go to mount it from the left side yeah, of their bike yeah, and put yeah. their right foot over first, their right pedal is in the wrong place. Yeah, it's at nine o'clock and not at three o'clock. I saw that yesterday at Ironman Melbourne. You will still see these small um, mistakes that even the the, the most seasoned professionals uh, screw up. So yeah, there's no um, there's no 
skipping development. And I think it's something that, you know, most, most of the time athletes and, and coaches try to try to bypass. And it, it's just something that you, you typically can't do. And we've talked about this, I think before, like you come from a cycling background and cyclists will often race their way to fitness. So they'll do a calendar of races where they know they're not hundred percent and they'll race their way to fitness, which is also learning their craft, learning the groups, looking at the other riders that are going to be racing against when it really matters working out what they do and when, and then it comes to the big races. But the burden of Ironman racing and 70.3 racing is that it's just too physiologically detrimental to you, unless you're Christian Blumenfeld or Gustafine, it would seem. But the, the, we don't, they don't get this race craft. So if you're an age grouper, when you can go and do these small sprints and Olympics, pros don't do it because there's no money in it. There's no travel costs funded. But if you can go and do it, I, I just don't think there's any point in not doing it. So come on, let's move on. That's enough. The normal yep. podcast chat, which you can get just about anywhere else. And before we go any further, I do want to remind everyone that this week's episode is brought to you by Waterfall Racing and Waterfall Bank. Be sure to uh, share with your friends the pro project that they are currently working on. It includes a $12,000 stipend, uh, full support from Waterfall Racing, housing with professionals for a full year at a sick house in North Boulder. Um, travel to and from Boulder, as well as um, many other things that are probably not listed on here. So, uh, come over, I will come over and teach you how to wash your bike properly. That's not in there, but I will absolutely do that. Is there proper? Me. Is there proper and improper ways to wash your bike? Oh my god, hundred percent, absolutely. You're joking. I've washed my bike of like course. three times. So, Kyle, Kyle. Yeah, you probably put you probably spray it with water before you put degreaser on, don't you? Oh no. I don't even do degreaser. I just throw like the the wax bar and just like wax yeah, the so chain. It's very, it's very clear that you're gonna fly into Boulder for this uh free lesson that I'm giving in tandem with the waterfall racing partnership of this. Sounds podcast. incredible. There's yeah. also other ways you can get involved. Waterfall racing will have a twenty twenty three team, including meetups at a bunch of Ironman and 70.3 races. Um, it's only $50 and it includes uh, access to professional athletes that you all look up to and want to hang out with. So be sure to check out waterfallracing.com. Go to waterfallbank.com, open up a bank account. Uh, super easy, super quick. You can do it in less than an hour. So let's move on to what we got on tap for this weekend. I've just, I've just looked down. Hang on, back to that one. I've looked down what you have to put you, the form you have to fill in for water pro water water the pro Waterfall. racing team thank you waterfall <laughs> pro racing team water f f f um and the, you have to put your 100 yard swim time down pat what we're saying 100 yards i've got a mate. really good i've got a really good 25 in me um i yeah. i did a i did a race against uh taylor nib this summer um, I may have got a little bit of a head start, but I did win. Um, <laughs> over 25. I, yeah. If we fall dive start, if we followed it up, if we did a second race, I think I would have really come unglued after that one. Um, okay. So we're not optimistic. Uh, years. <laughs> one of the other questions I'm, is years cycling, Pat. You've got to be winning that one on this group. I'm going to win that one. That's right. What have you right. got? I'm going to win that How many one. years do you reckon cycling? I reckon uh, I've got 20, 23. 23. Uh, yeah. comfy kyle though i reckon he's probably got the uh power threshold one. Oh, i don't know i haven't done a power a threshold workout in a while yeah I i've been swimming kind. i was being kind i've been swimming worry. i've been swimming a lot though i would say that i could probably throw down a 115 110 swim right now that's all right yeah take that yeah I'm still claiming that category i reckon but take that yeah i, I couldn't i maybe can't back this up anyway go on sorry kyle let's go when are we gonna race let's race I'd be down to do a little race. I'm, 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 I've got double what Pat's got, but half no, of the I mean, uh, races, look, I'm afraid. Look, uh, Kat promised me that her and Mark are going to come to Boulder this summer. We are. So we'll, we are. We'll, we'll, Kyle will make Ooh. an appearance. We could do time. We could do a triathlon together. We could probably go we'll and do the uh, do a never what, ending. I'll tell you what, Pat. If you teach Kat how to wash her bike, you could save me a ton of hours. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kyle, we there there is a I mean I would say a really great race this coming Sunday, uh, November 20th in Arizona. And I think we could spend some time and and 
dive into that a little bit, but I think, do we think we're going to see some, some great performances here? And I think I've got my own take, but maybe Kyle walk us through what's going to happen. You know, Arizona is going to be an interesting race. Uh, let's start it off from the women's side. You have Sky Munch, Sarah True, Munch, Nike Launch. I'm like, she's a like friend of launch. me. We talk like every week. Launch, launch. You got Lauren Brandon, Danielle Lewis, Jen Annette, Renee Kiley. Uh, I mean, you can look at the start list and see who all's going to be there. What you'll see is probably Lauren Brandon leading them out. Uh, Sky is probably going to start closing the gap, Sky and Sarah, and then they'll go off the front together, probably uh, run their way to first and second. Danielle Lewis is probably someone to watch for sneaking onto that podium position um, just because she is such a high pedigree runner. She ran at the University of Baylor. Um, so that's probably your podium. We don't let you do this enough. That's perfect, I reckon. That's exactly what I'd go with. Sky launch Wednesday, right? Yeah, easy. Mark, because I don't have a full understanding of it, talk to us about the validating your spot or qualification already for next year. Like what's going on as far as are people doing, what's the incentive for people to do these late season Ironman races? What's to, what's to gain? What's the benefit? So in terms of validating, none of these girls are in that bracket. So if you win, you get a spot. If you um, if you're on the for five years, I think, and if you're on the podium, you have a spot for next year, but you have to validate. Um, but they would just have to turn up and finish the race. So those yep. girls don't eat eat into the slots. So there yep. are two slots available available this race. Thanks, Carl. Fingers in the air. Appreciate it. Um, so those slots are just outright. So the top two women yeah. here, because none of them have now qualified will earn their slots for Kona. When you get later in the year, you'll get to a race where there might be someone like, uh, say Chelsea Sodara does her race, and there are two slots available. Chelsea will validate, but there will still be two slots available, even if she wins it. So that's what you're looking so, at. You'll see this over Cosmel, Israel, this one. So talk. So so in theory, um, mm -hmm. this is a the stakes are high in the sense that you can earn qualification very early for the next year. Which is a huge bonus, right? Because yeah. even if you want to do another Ironman, which people will often choose not to do, it doesn't matter if it goes wrong. And it also doesn't matter about timing it in the year so much. Because if you do, if you plan to qualify, say in June, right, the risk is you puncture, something goes wrong, you don't qualify. You then have to qualify again. And you've got to go and race another one, which adds to the pressure which pushes you more towards doing something in April, May. I think what it does is it either means you don't have to race another Ironman or it gives you free reign to pick when you want to do it without any pressure on. So, yeah, it's a huge bonus. Yeah. All right, Kyle, walk us through the men's race. The men's race is a little bit a little bit more exciting, in my opinion. Um, you have Ben Canute making his debut so Ironman. Cool. Off great form, right? Right. Hot off his uh, second place at 70.3 Worlds, really took it to Christian Blumenfeld. Um, you also have Sam Long, who hasn't done a full in a, quite a while. Um, Joe Skipper, Matt Hansen, Chris Leiferman, Christian Hoganhog. Um, Is he overdoing it? Is he definitely doing it? Hoganhog? I, yeah. I, I actually had a dream. I was at the race uh, a couple nights ago, and I was yelling for Christian running through the finish line. So I hope it's he's going to be there. I always yell for him. He's just a lovely bloke. Uh, you also have Bart Arnott. I, I mean, I don't know how much in form he is. He hasn't really had the best season. No. So. Okay. It's, that's a good, um, is Cam Worth doing it or is he not? Is he just on the start list? Uh, I think he fell off the start list. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. He's, he's still on try rating as I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think he fell but, off the other start list. Can we talk for a second, Pat? What do you reckon? How Ooh. well does our debut athlete go here? Um, Ben Canute, I'm sorry to say is going to really struggle here, even though he's on, I think it's just that first marathon. It's going to be really challenging, even though he was on insane form. Um, again, I, I, I'm so much on the Ben Canute hype train. I really think he should not do this race. I think he should solely focus on PTO races and 70.3 worlds. And just cash in. 
I, I, I just, the, the risk to move up to me seems like too much. And he looked so good in St. George that I think he probably just figured out, you know, like what was helping him have these awesome days. And then now all of a sudden there's been, there's this going to be this big stimulus of the marathon um, that, and he's going to have to probably figure some stuff out around fueling that I, that I think will undo the speed that he found in the, in, you know, the half Ironman distance. And so. Is there no, is there no world that he's just, he's, he's trained for 70.3 worlds. That was really clear, right? He's probably just banged in a couple of long runs since then. And he's just doing an Ironman because pros still have bucket lists, right, mate? Like they still want to, like, he must be yeah. part of him that wants to do an Ironman. Like, I mean, I guess I just, my, my fear is, is that, um, I don't have a fear. I just think it's going to, I think the Ironman is going to be really hard for him. And I think that when you actually look at, you know, a guy like, it's going to, what's the gain from this one, I think is the problem. Right. And I look at the start list and I think, okay, Sam Long's going to win. He's super pissed what? about Joe Skipper wins. Joe Skipper. Wins. No, no. Joe Skipper's going to get joking. second. Yeah. hundred no. percent. Sam, Sam Long's going to, Sam Long's going to win because he's so fueled, I think from 70.3 worlds. Um, and he's just, he's got a chip on his shoulder. And I think typically Joe Skipper would win this race, but I, I don't think that Joe Skipper's probably got as much, uh, fire in his belly right now because this i mean what is joe's done five will this be his fifth iron man this year yeah it's called a light season for joe um, so go on me and cat come to me and cat come to boulder me and you go riding if joe wins you wash my bike if sam wins <laughs> i'll wash your bike yeah, that that works that's fair cool. that's, fair. Cause, that's cause fair because you're yep. wrong joe wins this easy <laughs> Um, so then ultimately who gets third, Kyle, where do we end up? Uh, I would have to, ro- should I roll the dice? I'm going to have to say Matt Hansen's going to run his way to third Ooh. place. Uh, no, he's, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Christian Hogan, how I'm going with or, or, or American legend, Chris Leifman, but after Kona, like he's must have some fire burning, but I'm going to go Hogan. Huh? It's tough though. Hey, like if you're, you know, if you're at these races, Is Trevor Martin, Foley doing it. Nah, nah he's oh, not sorry, Pat. Sorry, mate. Go on. Yeah, just talk to us if you're at one of these races. What What do you think it's like for the athletes that know they're running in third, fourth, and they're not going to get that Kona spot? Uh, what What happens to their motivation at that point in it's the just race? Horrendous, right? I think it's, it's almost easier now, though. It's almost easier to do it now than it is in May or June, right? Because come May or sure. June, you're running in third or fourth. You're thinking about pulling the pin and trying again next weekend, which we've had people complain about in the past, disrespect to the race, but this is a living, this is a job, not a not a like respect game. But here I reckon it's like there's something to be said for getting the most out of yourself. You can probably lean on the like the respect, get it finished. But I reckon it's it's worse come May or June if you're in that position. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And you just I, I know that with my own time racing, it's you never want to get into a habit of uh dnfing because it's like it's just a very slippery slope and you get it's something that you can lean into too easily i think so once um, you make terms with it make peace with it right yeah it's just something that you kind of keep going back to um and we've seen Mm -hmm. that with certain athletes that we've referenced on the on the pod here in the past so um i i think uh you think we're in for a good race kyle is there going to be any coverage of it or are we just looking at a live tracker all day no, it should be on Ironman now on Facebook. Okay, cool, sweet. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I don't want to be the too, only other I thing. Be... I want to play. I want to play a fantasy game real quick. You ready? <laughs> oh, careful, Kyle. This yeah. is a podcast. This is a fan. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> if Matt Hansen wins on the stilts that are the on shoes that aren't banned until next year, are we saying are they now? Shoes? Are they now definitely banned next year? Yeah, they're going to be. Oh, thank God! For Sounds that. like I missed that in the podcast before. In, in, no, well, well, the, these are these are these are whispers. Well, draft on putting in the, the, the yeah, rules. These are whispers yeah. that come Jan, come Jan one, they're going to be banned. Yeah. Thank God for that. If that happens, are we saying that those were the greatest super shoes ever made? Yes. No, because there there's no way in God's green earth that no one can make another super shoe like that. 
they'll find a way because what all you're looking at is the, the space you know you, you just the 50 mil gives you what 25 percent more space to do stuff with but if the stuff you put in the 40 is 25 percent better than the you see what i'm saying like they'll be yeah, yeah. they'll be ways but yeah. if it, yeah if he does something stupid in them then i will i will cry you know foul play <laughs> by well no gamesmanship not sport not cheating great gamesmanship it's just like aerodynamics on Formula One cars. Not cheating, just pushing the limits. All right, there's Kyle, another race. Looking... Yep. We have another race this weekend. Ironman Cosmel. I believe there is not going to be coverage of this race. There's usually, I don't think in the past there's been coverage. Um, but you do have a pretty good start list. You have Magnus Ditleff, Peter Hemrick, Rudy Von Berg, Tyler Butterfield, which I believe will be his last race of his career um, legend michael vice yeah. andy potts and elliot bach maybe someone that you can start looking at um he started getting coached by colin chartier and he's kind of put himself in the conversation of like maybe crossing to the next level uh also jan van berkel's a name to watch on the men's side um, on the women's side, Sarah Svensk, I don't believe, is going to defend her title. Um, so it's going to be Lisa Norton, Svenja Toes, Joanna Ryder, Ann Reichman, Kylie Simpson, who's won a race before. And uh, you said enough, mate. Lisa Norton wins that, surely. Yeah, should be pretty easy. So can we touch on Tyler Butterfield if that is his last race? Do yeah. you know him, Pat? Uh, I've, I've had coffee with him once before. And what a thoroughly nice guy, eh? I've yeah, only met absolutely. him once and I, I just walked away yeah. thinking you are just an absolute diamond. And before yeah. there was Flora Duffy, there was Tyler Butterfield who paved the way, um, to put them on the map is just a, a lovely guy and with a great career. Um, so sad to see him leave, but Hey, what a nice, let's hope he goes out on a high over here because yeah, what a thoroughly nice bloke. Yep, well, she's been running well the last two seasons. So, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he stuck onto the podium or even got a win over yeah, Magnus. He stepped away eh. from triathlon for a little while. He yeah, so he actually stepped away from triathlon for a little while and just got marathon fit and then came back to triathlon and his cycling picked up. His running never seemed to dip, um, mm -hmm. which is interesting. But he put Bermuda on the map for triathlon, really. Yeah. So we'll what are you saying? How is much... Ditlev? Uh, yeah, I, I mean... You'd be foolish to bet against Magnus. Um, Rudy von Berg, since he probably won't have as much fatigue from 70.3 Worlds since he didn't race since he got sick, maybe able to take it to Magnus. You never really know. It just depends mm. on, um, I guess it depends on how much current assistance there is um, from the swim on this how far back Magnus race is. For Magnus, this. Yeah. this is perfect. And I think to just give the audience an understanding, I don't. I, I don't know if Kyle's, I mean, Kyle's raced Cozumel. Kyle, I, I wouldn't how, call that race. Hold on. I wouldn't call that race. But, but, but tell us how flat it is. It's flat as a pancake. The only thing that you have a hurdle of, because it's three loops on the bike, right? And on the backside of the island, there could be 10 mile an hour headwinds. There could be 30 mile an hour headwinds. And you're hitting right. that side of the island three times. And it's about a 13 mile stretch, 20 what is that? 21 K you get it on the return side then? Uh, no, because you're going like through town and yep. it's just like a protected area anyway. So you don't really get the effect of the tailwind. It, I mean, it is so flat. I mean, you just, you can't even believe it. Um, the only there's, there's literally one incline and it's whenever you're going up the seawall to get onto the backside of the Island. And it's, yeah, yeah. but it's not all flat part because the swim is directly downhill, isn't it? <laughs> and the then the run is bone flat yeah the swim is downhill it absolutely is downhill um <laughs> so go on let's have quick picks on this because we've we're going to wrap up shortly but i'm going to take lisa norton for the win in the women's side uh and i'm taking a hundred percent ditlev on the men's side uh all day every day of the week and I, i'm yeah let's go let's have tyler butterfield sneak a podium Anyone I challenging like, that? I like all those. What'd you say yeah. for a second? Who'd you say for a second? Oh, I didn't second the men's really. Peter Hamrick. I would interchange that maybe with Rudy Bumberg to get second place. 
and then mm. it just depends on how far back Peter Hemrick is off the bike, right? Because he's a great runner. He had so. a mare in Kona. I reckon he's burning hot. I saw him drop out there. Yeah. He's had some good races. He was good in the race he qualified for with Ali B. Yeah. Yeah, he could be all right. Anyway. Women's side. Oh, sorry. Um, I actually do have a couple of hot takes. I don't know. They might be a little controversial this week, but. Uh, oh, we've got it. No, we have a we, we have a big one. We have a big hot take. I do agree. I do agree with your women's picks. The only thing that I foresee maybe being an issue in Cozumel is going to be the weather. There might be some rain. There might be thunderstorms. They could maybe get a hurricane or something coming in this next weekend. So we'll see if they're able to yeah, put fine. the race on. So hot takes. Pat, do you want to take us out? I mean, we've just been we've been getting uh, multiple chirps that were that they're talking about bringing the Ironman World Championships that the men will be in Europe and the women will be on the Big Island next year. I guess is this overall, real? I, we've heard it now. I mean, I mean, this is, I've this heard is, it from multiple people, right? How, and so the amount of couples that go and race this. I think what we I need think to it's talk just about. the men's. I think it's just the men's professional, though. Oh, so like, yeah, it's a men's professional wow. and the women's professionals on the island. Now, let's just for a second, let's just say it's true. And now we know that every year it's going to be flipped, right? So we're going to have, for whatever reason, it's going to leave the that's going to switch every year. What's the best case scenario there? I. Th- I'm going to take the case of do you have to, are you a hyper specialized athlete that can only yeah. perform on Kona and that this will really change the race as far as you can have a, what we saw in St. George, right? Where the course dynamic on the bike really changed. And so does it offer us something totally different? Um, and then my only fear is, is we don't have an understanding around if this is true where the bifurcation is with the dates. So for instance, are the men racing October 1st and then the women are racing on the traditional second weekend in October. I think these are some of the questions um, that we still have to navigate. I'm not, my fear is, is that for the sake of the industry, I think that if you split them and you take the men race in one place at one point and the women race in another place at the another point, I think that you you could potentially uh, cloud up and make the coverage a little more murky. That's my fear. However, if we say success leaves clues, the Tour de France coverage, I think what we saw this year, the tour the the women's ratings, even though they were a week later, the the coverage, the attendance far exceeded what we ever thought possible in a sport that's so behind on women's uh, women's coverage, like the sport of cycling is. So I'm not terrified if they do ultimately start to move the championship. But my, my question is why, why would they do this? If ultimately the age groupers are all racing on the big Island anyway, I guess maybe because it's sort of been screamed for a little bit by the pros like the pros enjoyed St. George for the opportunity to do something different, but it wasn't seen. Some were worried it wasn't seen like a genuine Kona victory, though. I think Christian would tell you otherwise, right? I'm sure Daniela does. But if it becomes the norm, then like you say, it takes away this specialist feel, though I think that was slightly disproved by the, the, the Norwegians this year. But it does. It means it can be interesting. The pros can stay engaged, and they're not just heat training on the same place in the same for the same race every year, year in year out. And maybe it's to try and promote one of the other races as well. So, is it a way of Ironman to increase the field size in one of their big European races? But where are they holding it in October? Like, is it going to be October still? Because it's only like Barcelona, really, that late, and our Italy, maybe another one. I'm not sure. But it, that's getting cold for most of Europe, right? A lot of the time, rainy and miserable. You could also maybe yeah, look at the fear- race that's going to happen. The race that's going to happen, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Ironman Israel, maybe. 
That's a brand new race. We ain't putting the world champ there just yet. Yeah, I, d- yeah. I guess. I guess what I would, if I was Ironman, the rationale would be to try and you know they probably have a they have a very clear understanding of their attendance and where their sport is growing. Is this signaling to them like, hey, post in a post COVID era, we are growing the most in Europe. It's time that we bring a world championship to Europe to support the growth that we are seeing here. Um, in true Ironman fashion, I could put my kids, my, my tinfoil hat on here for a second. What if they are courting a sponsor of the seer of the, of the race and per the stipulation that that sponsor in to give all the money to Ironman, they want an Ironman world championship hosted in their country of business. Which would solidify my conspiracy theory to you yesterday that they were going to put an Ironman in Qatar. I was just going to say Qatar because the football oh, World Cup. Oh, man. We can get some slave labor laying out transition. We'll get some slave yeah. labor working in the tents, serving them the aid set. You wouldn't have a shortage of volunteers in <laughs> Qatar. I mean, they would look very Bangladeshi, Pakistani, other areas of the world where a lot of their workforce comes from. But they would be volunteers, I promise you. And uh, Ironman World Champs goes to Qatar. I, 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 as you say that, Mark, I mean, I don't, it just, nothing would surprise me. And I, I, I really believe that there could be a world where that's what's driving this more than anything. I mean, if that's true, I'm worried about Ironman's geography calling that Europe, but uh, yeah, it could end up that way. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Like look at Super League, look at World Triathlon. They're all there. All yeah. sport. I mean, the Formula One, football. Like, yeah. it's crazy. All the, yeah. 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 Right, Ready for another one? Takes? All right. This one may turn controversial. So I want to preface it by saying I fully support NCAA women's triathlon 100% because I believe that it will help with the growth of the sport. However, <laughs> When you look at all of the athletes receiving scholarships for D1, D2, and D3 triathlon, there are also athletes that are coming from outside of the United States getting these scholarships, which brings me to the point of USA Triathlon is trying to pump these scholarships to help develop the next wave of U.S. women short course athletes. However, if you go and look from the D1 National Championship that happened this last weekend, two women in the top 10 are from the U.S. and the rest are from elsewhere. Yeah, I think I want to make sure that we're correct on one point that you gave in that. It's not USA Triathlon that's giving the scholarships. It's the individual colleges that are choosing to give those scholarships, correct? That's right. However, USA Triathlon has given universities over $2 million to give these scholarships out. So my take on it would be, and I'm obviously the non-American before I do, by the way, people seem to think I don't like America because I always end up on the opposite side, but that's because I'm on with all Americans. I love America and American (laughs) culture, but moving on. Um, the problem that you have, though, is that the main focus around scholarships and sport in America looks to your big five or so sports, of which you dominate the world in those sports as you're the only people that play them. So not not fully true, but you know what I mean? Like football, basketball, baseball, baseball. scholarships, those yeah. ice hockey, like a, a variety of American sports. Now, there isn't the pool of talent outside of the USA, so you don't have to face this problem. You get a lot of scholarships given to... European athletes and other athletes for track and field and soccer and soccer and soccer. And I think triathlon is just one of those sports like triathlon. There is a huge pool of talent outside the USA that you don't see in the, the other sports we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, I don't have a good, I don't have a clear enough understanding of the, you know, the budget outlay of what actually went to this. Like, is this a, you know, the $2 million across the whatever six, seven, eight years that they've been doing this versus like what they were doing into their college recruitment program. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to make a, 
a, a reasonable decision on on how they should be spending money to develop their own talent. Uh, yeah. However, I'm going to champion for the sport of triathlon that yeah. this is uh, still very exciting. It's creating opportunities for coaches that have never been, you know, that have never had this before. I think ultimately it will, um, it will benefit the sport on the whole, even if it takes away from what I'll call like us dominance in short course racing. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I think this, this almost could be its own entire pod around what it should be doing. But I think just from what I've seen and the people that I know, you know, there's coaching opportunities here and what it's creating. Um, I'm, I'm still very excited about it. Um, question. Was this the first NCWA championships post it being a D1 scholarship sport, et cetera? Um, I believe this may be number two or three. Right. So I, my, my potential hypothesis as well is, is this not a case of when, when something changes, when there's something new in, colleges traditionally here and I think there want to be the first to win it triathlons coming in it's a big sport we're going to be number one let's get on top of this and they just draft heavy from overseas because they know that pool of talent exists and then hopefully USA development will catch up and the talent will become from grassroots which is why you offer these scholarships put all this in the first place and schools will start racing at a better level and then hopefully you'll see a pull through from American schools to fill that void essentially yeah Yeah. that's exactly yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, and, and yeah, like I said, I think we could, this could be, you know, for me, Kyle, this could be an hour long and Chelsea, obviously I'd love to have Chelsea in. So maybe we'll table this for now. And then, you know, actually somebody that's knowledgeable that in, about it. That, well, yeah. And somebody that came through the recruitment program, like Chelsea Burns did, and then now is a coach, I think she would just have a lot better. Um, yeah understanding and comprehension of the of the current system again i just wanted to mention that i know i'm, I'm not trying to say yeah, that it's I'm it's anti. Interesting. yeah it's, it's yeah, just an interesting statistic Kyle. no no it's, yeah. i think it's interesting um have we got time for one more yeah uh i think so i don't know what time it is <laughs> no no but we're on less than now i think we're on 50 minutes my phone's gonna die so i'm gonna read something out to you and i'm not going to attribute it to somebody because um, it's, it's a parent of a pro. Now, if I say the pro's name, it will be attributed to them. And if one day I have kids and they're, and they're held accountable for anything I say, I would feel terrible because I say some awful shit. So your children shouldn't be accountable for what you say. However, a, a, a parent of a pro commented this on a post. It's surprising that no one has questioned this performance. This is talking about Sam Laidley, by the way. It's surprising that no one has questioned his performance. Perhaps tongues are wagging in private. A virtually unknown 23-year-old pudgy athlete with no wins to his name places uh, second in his first attempt at a full distance in Kona in a stacked field in the process he shatters the bike course record and set a professional cyclist and runs a 244 marathon when he could barely finish 80. It goes on. Uh, I'm only saying this because, A... Pudgy is their first criticism of the bloke. Get a grip of your life. Like that is not a way that is not a way you determine how good an athlete is. I guarantee you that's not a way. And he definitely ain't pudgy for a fact, by the way. Secondly, he destroyed your son in several races this year. But I just think it's absolutely ludicrous. So I think the I just I just can't believe that, and this is from someone that is educated in sport, has been around sport for a long time, and is trolling like that online. Pitiful. That's my hot take. Pitiful. I yeah, I'll second. I'll second that, Mark. Um, it's uh, parents getting overly involved in their oh, in any sport or right? is, is is nothing new. Um, and I've got you know two young boys, and I and I hope i never get sucked into that uh sort of you'll be, you'll be down you'll be down little league before you know it being thrown off for abuse <laughs> yeah, <the wrestling>. exactly <laughs> um so it, it's it's one thing to to be emotionally invested it's another thing to go on social media and and write some i would say very disappointing um yeah like you said mark pitiful things about somebody else and so uh 
Yeah, it was, it was, I saw that come through on our group text and, and all I was, was I was just disappointed. Yeah, um, I, agree. I just saw that. And I just thought it was a reminder um, of how I, as a parent, a reminder of how to not conduct myself. And so it was like, okay, noted, just file that away for another day. Um, and when you're, and I probably could have, sorry. Yeah. Just say when I met with that confrontation later in life, just re reflect on how I felt yeah. in this moment and then, and then choose to make some different decisions. So yeah, and I probably um, could have chosen not to give it air, but I, we, we got sent it by many, well, several, yeah. several people um, yeah. as hot but, take suggestions. Yeah. So. Also that person in their debut Ironman ran a two fifty five. Hey, they no, 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 no. We're not, it's not that person. Huh? Who are we talking about? Family Ben. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. We're not. We're not naming the. Let's move on. Let's move on. No. We'll no. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy. The guy's. The guy's legit. Like he's. And, he and that was. Great. That was four years ago. Three years that's, ago. Is that Ironman brand? Because before that, at Lakesman, he ran a he ran a two forty five in a race in the UK. Way back when he was a kid, like yeah, he's, he's been I around. Don't, I don't even want to entertain yeah. stuff yeah. like that because it's just like so dumb. But yeah. Well, That's my, it does entertain me though. I did see it, and it's that sort of explosive <laughs> gossip that I was also like, it's awful. But I was like, oh my god, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, she did it. Right. Anyway, um, moving on because I'm worried Carl just starts saying names by accident. The race <laughs> just no, no. <laughs> or tell. I'm not Talbot that hungover. Look, Talbot will come storming into the show and then just be like, bah, bah, bah. just just let it all fly. Um, absolutely, absolutely. No, I think uh, I look. I think that's a. I think that's our show, Kyle. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's our show. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for continuing to support us and support the show. Um, supporting the sport that we all believe in that can be better and can become a mainstream sport. Um, be sure to watch the races coming up this weekend. Ironman Arizona as Ben Canute takes on his debut Ironman. You also have Ironman Cozumel. We'll see if there's another fast Ironman time, regardless of the weather. So thanks for tuning in. We'll chat with you guys next week. See ya. Ciao.